No Dunks is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. What I love about the GameTime app is that I can buy tickets in just two taps. How easy is that? As comedian George Wallace might say, shout out to the top five taps in the world. Beer, brass, wire, spinal and Chris. What? I don't know. The GameTime app is simple, quick and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60% off and you too could be tapping that app. Somehow last year... Two macaronis showed up. <laughs> Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. I'm J.E. Skeets. Alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. What's up, Tass? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery taken to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm-hmm. And making the magic happen live from beautiful Bowmanville, Ontario, it's J.D. How's it going, eh? Hey, what's up, JD? I heard you've got some good news. I'm leaving <laughs> on that midnight train to Georgia. Nice. <laughs> no noise complaints in Bowmanville. No, uh, there's nobody in the house there. His parents are even got huge nervous. news. So that's uh, that is fantastic. So the the work visa approved, and and I assume what you're heading back this weekend. Yep, family's coming up. Uh, tomorrow, and we cross the border on Saturday. Oh, oh what yes. a moment. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> JD will be back in office for the first time, all five of us together in this same office, come Monday. That's awesome. Congratulations. I can't believe we've done, or I've done, 45 shows here. <laughs> Holy, is it 45? That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is our 45th episode today. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. I, Seven I, weeks I was exiled. Oh my goodness. It's sort of, I, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if you feel this way. It sort of feels like it has flown by. In a way, in a <laughs> sense. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's weird. But also that, it feels like forever. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a, it is a weird thing. I mean, I was there for about four weeks and then I've been back here for, yeah, two and a bit. And it feels like I've been back here for months. So it's like, I, I can't make sense of it all. Anyway, that's great news. Uh, congrats again. That's a, uh, you know, the final step is just getting you actually across the border. Yeah. Come Saturday, so yeah, I'm, I, I won't. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hold my breath, but uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay, good, good. You got the paperwork. All right, guys. Well, happy Hump Day here. This is Wednesday. Follow us on social media, both Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. And you know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash no dunks inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. This is our final daily show of the week. Um, but don't you worry because we're going to have a brand new beach step-in podcast for you on Thursday. That is U.S. Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. So we'll drop that one on Thursday. And then on Friday, I'm going to quiz Amir Blumenfeld. Mm. Yes, from Jake and Amir fame, I am going to quiz him on the episode of Who Wants Some Trivia. Mm. This is a fun theme we've put together for this one. So, uh, you know, we've done we've done Lili. We've done Tass, who sits atop the leaderboard. We're eventually going to get to my man, TK. But Amir is up next, and we'll see whether or not he can uh, beat both of these guys' score. So that's on Friday. We've got the beach stepping on Thursday. Uh, on today's show, though, Tass, you got a Thanksgiving-themed top ten for us. Should be fun. We usually do top five. Mm-hmm. This guy's taking oh. it to top ten. Oh, mm-hmm. Seconds already. Nice. <laughs> um, we will play a little Is This News. Uh, I've got Tweet of the Night honors. But before we get into last night's game, guys... I wanted to let you know, I fell down the most insane rabbit hole last night um, because of something we talked about on Tuesday's show. We brought up the whole James Naismith family tree. <laughs> oh, no. And, and like, I couldn't let it go, right? Because we, we were talking about Jim Naismith being there at the arena on Monday night, and then I had talked about Jeffrey Naismith in the trivia show I did with Tass about the 95 Raptors. Anyway, I fell down this insane, insane rabbit hole trying to figure this out and i want to just give you guys a quick report <laughs> okay oh, right. okay l- listen to this J- dr james i thought we broke it down no test dr james a naismith the man who invented basketball he had five children two of them boys named john edwin naismith though he went by jack and james <laughs> sherwin naismith though he went by jimmy I'm not making any of this up. Wow, so you're telling me two kids who both have J names, double J names. Exactly. Amazing. Those two boys ended up having sons of their own. Now, I think they had five in total. One of Jimmy's was named after his granddad, 
James P. Naismith. He goes by Jim. He lives in Corpus Christi. That was the 82-year-old man, the last surviving grandson of Dr. James A. Naismith. He was at the Raptors game on Monday night, all right? Now, Jim, he married his middle school sweetheart, Beverly, and they started a family that yielded four children and 15 grandkids. I believe one of those grandkids was Jeffrey, the young teenager, probably around 13 years old at the time, who threw that ceremonial jump ball at the Raptors' inaugural game in 1995. He was introduced, remember, he was introduced during that game from Herbie as Dr. Naismith's great-great-grandson. So there it is. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of the family tree. But man, isn't that wild? All these, it, it was, A lot of J's. This was insane to figure out because they're all named like basically the same thing and then they all have these secondary names. So, <laughs> is, and then because, just to add to this, there's a, there's a Yawn, okay? <laughs> it's spelled I-A-N. He goes by Yawn. Um, and that was the guy that, do you remember when someone was selling the basketball rules? Oh, yeah, Doctor yeah, yeah. G- yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, maybe 10, 8 years ago. I don't mm-hmm. know, something like that. Yeah. That was him because he was one of the grandsons. So he's, in theory, Jim Naismith's mm. either brother or, co- I'm sorry, yeah, either brother or cousin. But anyway, he, uh, he passed away, and now Jim's in control of it. Yeah, yeah so he must Yum. not have had a jump shot. That's why he didn't have a J. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, I had to that's get that off my streak up again, my man. <laughs> I had to get that off my I'll chest. be honest with you. I dipped into the family tree as well. <laughs> and as soon as I saw that James A. Naismith, OG James Naismith, his dad's name was John Naismith, I gave up. I was like, this is going to be too many oh, J's. Oh, so, so difficult. Have you considered uh, changing your name to J.E. Naismith? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you get to throw up a jump ball someday. I like that idea. i got to put on a tie and glasses, though. All right, last night. Two games. That's it. Two games, guys. Um, the Clippers crushed the Mavs 114-99 in a game that never really felt that close. Paul George scored 17 of his 26 points in the first quarter. Kawhi finished with 28, 8-4. Luka had his... Arguably his worst game of the season. He turned the ball over seven times. He went 0 for 8 from three-point range. Finished with 22, 8, and 6. So, you know, looks all right in the box score, but rough night. Um, impressive, impressive performance here uh, from the Clippers, who are now perfect. They're 4 and 0 when, they're, when their two studs are playing. It's tough to play against the Clippers' defense. I think Luca found that out yesterday. The Clippers did everything within the rules to play physical with them. You saw Zubats mm-hmm. drop him at, at, the, uh, at the rim. A couple times he fell, went to the free throw line a ton, um, but the Clippers traded it off. They said, hey, we're going to get physical and drop you a couple times. So you go to the free throw line, but you get less shots and you get in less rhythm. And they've got incredible defenders who are so, so long at pushing him to the sideline over and over and over and over and over again. And the Mavs need another, uh, another scorer, really, uh, to help him out. But uh, the Clippers just... That's a problem they're going to give to everybody. It doesn't matter if you have one score or four scores. That's, that's, that's tough to play against. Perimeter defenders, as we saw even you know, last week when we were talking about the game of the night with the Boston Celtics, if they're ready to push up like they're the Cavs in the 2016 finals against the Warriors, they're ready to push up for four minutes at the end of a game with Leonard, Paul George, Beverly, and then incredible guys like Mo Harkless. I mean, that's, that's just hard to play against, and Luca found that out last night. Yeah, Paul George quoted after the game saying, We've got guys that love playing defense. We're really starting to get into our groove, really starting to get our chemistry on the defensive end. It's scary. We're clicking right now. We're getting this thing rolling. And they held the Mavs, who had the uh, greatest offense in NBA history coming into that game, held them under 100 points for the first time this season and, and helped encourage, you know, um, that defense helped the Mavs pick up 20 turnovers too, which was a huge difference maker. I think it was Nate Jones on Twitter that said something like what Tass is saying, that you're not going to beat the Clippers if you have one guy who can create shots. You need at least a second guy who is going to be able to attack maybe a defense that's bent a little bit, but then it's like they've got Kawhi and Paul George, so you, maybe you need a third guy <laughs> who can actually hit the shot after the first two guys have had to pass it off. And then you look at every other team in the league. There's not a lot of teams out there with three great scorers. I feel like it's the Utah Jazz are the closest to having three 20-point scorers. Mm. And I'll take my chances with the Clippers in that one. But I was actually happy to see this. Luka Doncic has been dominating the league, and the guy's 20 years old. We can't let the young, one of the youngest guys in the league be the best player already. Right. So it's good to see some older guys shut him down, remind him that he's still the little brother. Yeah, just a dose of reality, really, for the Mavericks because they've probably been punching above their weight so far this season. And uh, that was an opportunity for Porzingis to at least kind of 
take some of the weight off uh-huh. uh, Doncic. He didn't really do that. But he's fine. He's still coming back from an injury. It's going to take time. And also for the Mavs, it's not a bad loss because we don't really see them as a contender or a challenger yeah. this season. So it's like, okay, they know that they still need another piece or two to, to really contend. And it's just going to take time anyway because they've got so many young players there. Uh, but really, I mean, the Clippers came in motivated, flexed their muscles early on because they put this game away really in the first quarter, I well, felt. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it was the Clippers, a big part of that was the Clippers bench winning the battle of the benches here. Both of these teams have awesome benches. I mean, especially heading into this game, Clippers were ranked first in both bench minutes played and bench points, second in net rating. The Mavs third in both minutes and points and then first in net rating heading into the game. But it was when Luka went to the bench there, it was that little stretch there at the end of the first quarter into the second, um, and a lot of those points were coming from the Clippers bench. They scored mm-hmm. 16 of the 20. I think Kawhi had the other four and that was sort of the game I mean it was like they really could never really get back into it no you just didn't feel that the Clippers were lost no. control of that game at all because they they figured out a, a strategy for Doncic it was working and then it was up to guys you know like Tim Hardaway and, and Dorian Finney-Smith to try to carry some of that load and they're not really equipped to do that so uh but again for the Mavericks this is fine. They're still a very good team, but they've got a, a long way to go to really be considered a serious challenger, I think. What did everybody think of the the Mavs slick jerseys, <laughs> those city edition? Not too bad, I thought. I mean, with the, with the court, I thought they've gone all in. Didn't look awful, I didn't think. When we first saw it revealed... It was like, this is gross. You, you thought it looked better, <laughs> all of them wearing it with the floor. I thought it was, was okay. much better, yeah. The floor was low for this. I mean, the baseline was low because they're really, really ugly. To say they were better on the court, <laughs> sure, they're still ugly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 100% agree. I like when when it was a far shot, I was all right with them. I was like, the, the gradient the looks gradient nice. The gradient was okay. The green pops, and then they zoom in, and you see the font, or you see the Dallas on one side on the baseline, the Mavs on the other side of the baseline. That font is just brutal. You don't like this. Yeah, Give me something the, more like Tron or something, like something that looks futuristic because mm. it was like the jerseys to me look like futuristic jerseys the font is a throwback so you're kind of getting lost in the sauce sure right there. sure um and i I'm, I'm still curious again as i said luca's worst game it comes in these jerseys what happens <laughs> if they have another one of these stinkers in these or a third game do they just scrap them? Because how many times are they supposed to wear them? What'd you say? Twenty plus games, right? Yeah, twenty-two or twenty-three. <laughs> yeah, so That's a lot more. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to see what happens if uh, Luca goes, you know, zero for eight again in those Mavs jerseys. Maybe it's distracting. <laughs> you catch that lime green in the eyes. It's a little blinding. Can't focus on the rim. I don't know. It's as many points as Luca had yesterday. Twenty-two. Mm-hmm. He's going to score one less every time they win. It. Twenty-one games left. Twenty games. Left. Yeah, those are bad. Those are bad. <laughs> he went to the free throw line a ton in this one. And, and just to say one more thing about the Clippers defense, it felt playoff like like they just focused on one guy they had the game plan they had the scouting report all right we'll send him to the line a bit more sure he has 16 free throws fine but he's going to shoot less two is less than three he's not going to be bombing away on us paul george out there scrambling and one thing about the weakness of the los angeles clippers people would say hey they don't have a five they don't have a center really to guard anthony davis Mm -hmm. uh, or even lebron at the rim and ivica zubats they worked on this guy in, in the summer. I mean, he is he used to be bigger, and I, I can't tell for sure, but I would say higher body fat percentage. Like, he just had three Thanksgiving dinners, but he is he's slim. Like He was going out to get Luka at the three-point line as a help defender. Uh, that's pretty good for him to be able to do something like that, to see a big dude. Like, that's a traditional, old-school feeling kind of guy, looking kind of guy as well, and... Uh, He's modernizing his game, so I'm not sure if he can guard LeBron, but it's a good sign for them to have that guy. All I want is for the Clippers and the Lakers to be healthy come the playoffs. It's a long way down the road, but I really, really want to see this, these two teams, you know, hopefully battle each other for that battle of L.A., the, the uh, hallway series. But LA. be healthy, but be healthy. Oh, my God, I don't want one of them to be missing one of the, their, their star guys. You know, knock on wood for that, because that would be, be epic, I think, right now with these two teams, the way they're playing. The other game from last night on Tuesday night, Wizards-Nuggets. That was the only other game. Weird starting times for these games, too. It was, you know, the Mavs starting at 8.30, and then you had this one in Denver starting at 9. They were, like, overlapping. Um, so I watched a lot of this one in the, in the morning, actually. But Gary Harris held Bradley Beal to a season-low 14 points. Jokic... Season high, 20 boards. Jeremy Grant, season best, 20 points to, to lead the Nuggets to a 117-104 victory over the Wizards. Uh, Will Barton, 
also solid, 17, 8, and 8. That was a really good game from him. Jamal Murray, 16. I thought he played some pretty defen- decent defense. But after the, the one takeaway from this was, did you see what the, a lot of the Nuggets players were saying about Gary Harris after this game? Yeah, really trying to pump him up, the idea that he's one of the best defensive players in the league when it comes to the wing uh, you know, position and how he's held you know, James Harden. He held to 27 points, which is obviously fairly low for James Harden. Devin Booker only had the 12 when, when they played on Sunday. And now Bradley Beal, a guy that can drop 30 on anybody. Gary Harris, a big part of him, only having 14. There's some truth to that, you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the numbers that they're suggesting that uh, Gary Harris is their sort of key defender. He gets the task of of trying to slow down the other team's best player, and he's having some success. And the Nuggets are pretty well balanced because they don't have... I mean, they have Jokic, obviously their star. He's still finding his rhythm for the season. And Jamal Murray hasn't really taken that step up yet. So they've got a lot of guys around that same level. But Gary Harris has clearly got a job for them to do. Um, and he does it well. He does it well. He's, he's good. He's fast. He gets out and runs in transition as well. Uh, and that's going to be key for Denver. If they have a guy who is potentially an all-NBA defender, that's going to be great for them in the playoffs. That's going to be key, especially if he's having success during the regular season. But this game was... Uh, you know, it was not the one you're going to remember, really. It was, uh, you're it not was, putting this in the game of the year? Nah, I, you know, I, I looked at another another weird stat line there from Jokic because you mentioned he had the 20 rebounds. Didn't try a three-pointer, didn't shoot a three-pointer or get to the free-throw line, took eight shots. Yeah, but did you see the Serbian skyhook that they were <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> pretty nice. He's, yeah, he's, he's busted that out a couple yeah. of times. Um, but just another weird sort of game from Jokic. Like, nah, but an easy win. Yeah, easy. yeah, well, very easy win. Yeah. How many guys are or how many teams are campaigning for their guys to be an all-defensive player? And all, It seems like it's happening all over the league. I think you have to. You have I to. actually it, think you have to it. do it. Yeah. Yeah. For them to get uh, on, it seems like it's it's literally part of the requirement. Like Your team needs to do it. Yeah. Because it's, it's just it's one of those things that gets overlooked, I think, in voting. There's just too many awards before that, I think, that are higher on the priority list than it comes to the defensive. It's all reputation, and teams trying for their guy helps out. Uh, definitely right. If you don't say how great you are, nobody's going to say how great you are. So you got to have somebody having your back. But the Nuggets now, 13-3, and three, somehow they have the best defense in the league. They're flying under the radar, yeah. you know, yeah. but you see the, the advantages of the continuity. They brought back basically everybody, added Jeremy Grant, who's a really solid defender. He's been really good for yeah. him, I think, so far. Millsap has been playing his part. Jokic, he puts up really weird stat lines, but he's getting his hands on the ball. He's a, still a big guy at the rim in defense, rebounding as part of defense. So the Nuggets, they're flying under the radar. They've looked unimpressive, and somehow they got one of the best defenses in the league, one of the best records in the league. Good job. Yeah, good stuff. All right, let's get to Is This News? First one, guys, Brian Windhorst. NBA executives believe Mavs could trade for Andre Iguodala. Ooh, is this news? I'm not buying that the Mavs would trade for him, but I I do think it's news in that just stop talking about the Lakers getting him. I don't think the Lakers are going to get him. I I just... Why is that? Because there's... It's a trade? Because it's going to be a trade rather than a buyout? Yeah, because they don't have the best package to offer. And they don't have a pick until, I think, 2026. <laughs> and first that they can offer, a first-round draft pick that they can offer uh, to the Memphis Grizzlies in return for Andre Iguodala, who is better than a lot of players who garnered first-round picks over the last few years in trades. And so the Grizzlies don't care to trade him to L.A. They don't have a favor to do, I don't think, for Rob Polinka or anybody. So they're going to try and get the best package. I don't think it's the Lakers. The Mavs also don't have one until I think it's 2025 or some something way down the road. Right? Uh, yeah, it's 2025. The Nuggets we just said, uh, you said trade. They have a great defense. That's what Andre Iguodala does. Do they have a good guy to guard LeBron or AD? I mean, LeBron primarily. Iguodala can't guard AD, but oh, do you, yeah, exactly. Do you like, want Millsap guarding him again? Do you want an Eastern <laughs> Conference flashback? <laughs> Who's guarding him? Like Torrey Craig or, or those? Like, Craig Gary will Harris? get a chance. Probably Will Barton will get a chance, yeah. and that'll be a disaster. The Jeremy Nug- Grant will probably get a chance. Yep. Jeremy Grant's a good one, yeah. No, but the Nuggets have a 2022 pick ready to go. Put it in the bank. Send it to them. Because it's not a great – it won't be a great pick because the Nuggets are good. And the Nuggets are just 1 through 10. Have so many good guys that are probably better than what you're going to get in the 25 range in the draft. I, I, I would see the Nuggets as a nice little, hey, just throw Iguodala on the roster. Iguodala going back to Denver. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. Yeah, I, and I want another team that's – you said they're flying under the radar trade. People don't really consider them a – a one contender. So 
I don't need another. We we don't need another guy in the Lakers or the Clippers. Right. Well, uh, you wanted, yeah, you wanted to go to one of these juice. other teams. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Windhorse did say, he said, executives believe the Mavs are a team that we should watch when it comes to Iguodala's landing spot. They have a tradable contract in Courtney Lee and extra second-round picks uh, they could potentially use to get Memphis interested. But Tass obviously saying you, you, you would think the Grizzlies are going to want a first-round pick. Uh, Windhorse did echo, though, league-wide sentiment that the Grizzlies will not buy Iguodala out. If he was bought out, then it would be up to Iguodala which team he chose to go to. And that's smart by the Grizzlies. They know he's in demand. They know there is an asset yep. out there. Yep. So you may as well hold off. And if Iggy's going to say, no, I'm not giving back any money, then if you're the Grizzlies, like, all right, we don't care. We're not contending this year. We're not just going to let you walk free. There's something out there for us, so we, we can wait. What do you think about the, this Mavs uh, rumor, though, particularly? Yeah, Making I mean, a move for Iguodala. I, I would like him on the Mavs, but again, I don't think that vaults them automatically into contention. Um, I think it would be good to have a veteran round, a good defensive player. We know he can hit big shots at the right time, but yeah. I think it would be just a, basically to the end of the season. I don't really see him being there for long because it just doesn't quite fit with the timeline of where the Mavs are. But certainly he would bring something to the team this season, but uh, doesn't put them over the edge for me. It would really make, if Iguodala ended up on the Mavs, it makes it makes the Mavs very Nuggets-like to me in a way, in the structure of their star guys. Because, like, Luka's really the, the Jokic. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the, the playmaker. He's the, the real star. Everything goes through him. Porzingis right now is sort of like the Murray. He's like, you're waiting for, he has the good games, he has sort of the bad games, and he's not consistent, uh, but he's that second scorer that you know can, can sort of catch fire. Um, I know this is a weird because they're like different sort of heights and all that, but, and then the third guy would be Iguodala, would be like the Millsap, like a defensive-minded guy, yeah. a veteran, a guy that can still, especially in the playoffs, can can uh, catch fire and stuff like that. But So that's not a bad thing, I'm saying, by the way. It's just, uh, uh, yeah, I'm with you that I don't think Iguodala makes the Mavs yeah, like title contenders. No. It makes them better. Makes them better for sure. I can't imagine Iguodala wanting to go to yeah. the Mavericks. He has basically been a postseason player for the last four years. He hasn't yeah. given his all during the regular season. If the Mavs were to pick him up, this would be so that they can make the playoffs, so they can make a run yeah. at the playoffs because, like everybody's saying, they're not going to be a legitimate title contender even if they add Iguodala. He seems more like a guy that would go to the Lakers, to the Clippers. I think he'd be perfect on the Rockets. They need somebody else who can play defense, can create. So mm-hmm. that's tough for them to figure out a way to work a trade, too. There's not a lot of <laughs> – the best teams in the league have traded all their guys to get good guys. So, I don't know, maybe he does end up in a mid-card team like the Dallas Mads. We will see. Next one. Lakers' Anthony Davis nervous for Pelicans game. That's a game of the year is what AD said. Anthony Davis and Lakers in New Orleans tonight here on Wednesday night. Um, everybody very interested to see the reaction that he gets from the crowd. Um, I hadn't even thought about it until I saw Sham's video where he was interviewing Anthony Davis about this idea of, like, are they going to give him a video tribute? Like, I mean, he was there for six and a half years, right? He was their best player yeah. by far in franchise history, but then the way he leaves and the that's all, folks, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't... Th- I don't know. I don't know if they should or will give him a video tribute, but it could be a weird scene in New Orleans. Yeah, I I don't think they will because of the way it ended. He basically quit on the team and said, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to go to the Lakers, and he got to the Lakers. So why would the fans be like, oh, let's give him a big round of applause and the organization want to thank him? It it ended badly with him and the organization. So... um, I mean, we know that organizations like to sort of send a message, hey, we, yeah, we, we, yeah. we're we respectful, we we play the high road, take the high road. But uh, I well, mean, maybe even you could argue to sort of diffuse the idea of yeah. the Boobirds coming out if they cared at all about that. The th- yeah, the thing is, that's the thing, when do you play it? Do you play it yeah. before the game, yeah. during the first time out? I mean, first quarter, you always do it in the often first during time a, out in the first quarter. But often during a uh, uh, the tribute video at the end, the guy comes out and gives a big wave. I mean, the fans aren't going to be. I wouldn't think standing yeah. up and cheering for yeah. it. Some will, of course, but I think there's going to be a more that are just like, hey, screw you, man. You quit on us. We don't, we don't care. 100%. Save it until March. That's when the Lakers are back in New Orleans. They should give Anthony Davis a tribute video, but they took him out of their intro videos last year. Oh, right, right, What right. a petty move that was. So if you come the first time he comes back and you hook him up with a, a video tribute, I just think that is that seems super whack to me. It seems like you're just doing it to be good guys and – have so have a backbone. Be mad at the guy for a little bit. He's going to be back in March. Nobody's going to care about the Pelicans. It could be a fun night having the best player in your franchise history back. Might have Zion back by then, too. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Dave McMenamin of ESPN wrote an article about this. Uh, Anthony Davis says, quote, I'm pretty sure every time I catch the ball, it's probably going to be booze and stuff like that. Yeah, they booed him when he was on Pelican. Of course they're going to boo yeah. him when, when he's on the other team. Uh, but also... 
Dave McMenamin points out that LeBron has been talking to him about playing his former team, and he even knows about Frank Vogel playing his former team when he coached the Pacers, <laughs> then went to the Magic. Oh, yeah. And Rondo he getting got revenge. Every time he picked up a clip. <laughs> <laughs> every time he stood up, Frank Vogel <laughs> got booed. We don't like verticality, but uh, the, yeah, the, he's being informed. Rondo's experiences, so I guess he'll be ready. Uh, for this one, but yeah, it's it's an odd situation. Do you think the the New Orleans franchise has ever given anyone a tribute video? Because I think that's sort of an out. If we didn't give tribute videos to anyone mm, in the past, then I, I can't answer We just that. don't do our thing. I'm sure yeah. Pelicans fans can. I I would assume they have, but I don't know for I don't sure. Know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> I'm trying I'm to like, think of who. By the Maybe way, Cr- well, Chris Paul in a for a quickie. Yeah, because he was in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be. Is going to be nothing like LeBron returning to Cleveland. Uh, the crowd and the response and the boo birds and like the idea like jerseys are being burned. It's not even going to come close. They're going to boo not, the snot out of They're going to boo him, but it's not going to be like that was that was a next level, the LeBron. That was something else. This is not, it's going to be like like Vince going back for the first time to play the raps. It's going to be, you're right. Oh, I'm those saying are, those are, are good boos. People are booing, but not. Hold on. You did some booing when they came back? Hell yeah, I did. I, lo- I lost my voice we, when they came can back. Can we agree that LeBron, that was next level. That was, like, actually nasty. Yeah, the best player in could yeah. be NBA history. Sure. Yeah. But I just don't this think. This be a good one. I just don't think it's going to be that extreme. But maybe Pelicans fans will prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. They were booing him last year, but in the same game that they were booing him, as soon as he catched an alley-oop, they were cheering him. So... Maybe stick to your gun. Keep in mind too. I You're mean, gonna be mad. Be mad. There's Lakers fans everywhere. There'll be a lot of Lakers fans there. True. That's that. That will help. Uh, you know, diminish the booze a little bit. I guess. Is it? You know, it's like Lakers and Celtics fans and all that. They're always out there. Final one. Carmelo Anthony blasts idea of retirement. This ain't a damn farewell tour. <laughs> all right. This, Melo said this quote. I don't know where this farewell tour thing came from. I've never talked about a farewell tour. I know what I can do, and I believe in myself. When a farewell tour comes, it comes. That's not something I think about. I'm not thinking about retiring right now. I had thought about it during this past stretch over the summer, but ain't no retiring in my mind. I believe in what I have left. Is this news? Mello. I feel like he's talking directly to me because I was trying to get him in the All-Star game. Yeah, that's, the, that's what I was going to say. swan song. Rule him out of the All-Star game yeah, for this season. He's, he's got another year or two left. But, yeah, I mean, he can pick up on another team. He's, he's been good, actually. For the Blazers, if he can keep it up, someone will take a flyer on him. He, he had one good game. Well, he hasn't been terrible for them, though. He's had a couple <laughs> of shots. I mean, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't looked... I would say he had one bad game, two meh games, and one good game. The thing is, again, if, <laughs> yeah, if, he, if, is if he's just going to shoot threes, he can do that. Maybe someone will take a chance okay. on him. So you think we're, we're going to see more mellow? I can yeah. see him. I think you're I can, right. I can see another team, you know, just say, again, when you're desperate, you're just like, sure, why not? He's on an unguaranteed contract right now, and it doesn't seem like the Blazers are going to be cutting him loose at any time because you're seeing what happened. He had one good game against the Bulls, and people are instantly like, Melo, this guy's a great teammate. He's playing his role perfectly. Any team would like to have this guy. He's been great. It takes one game of playing your role that people want to see. If he's happy to stand on the weak side, hit some catch-and-shoot threes, attack Laurie Markkinen off the dribble, then he'll be able to stick in the league again. Yeah, Jason Quick had a great article up on The Athletic today uh, following – Mellow's like first four games with the Blazers. It's a great read. It's a cool For read, sure. like a sort of behind the scenes, uh, you know, just how everything went down and, and his relationship that he's already building with these guys on the Blazers, especially Lillard and stuff like that. It's a very, very cool read. Go check it out. Which team do you think he'll be on that'll be the weirdest to see Mellow on? You know how a lot of players just end up on a team like Like Ugh. Patrick Ewing on the Sonics yeah, type of yeah, vibe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Blazers is pretty weird. I don't feel like that stripe that's going across the middle of his stomach is doing him any favors. <laughs> but uh, in a I weird way, the magic... Thunder was even weirder to me. But I, I think, I think I... Orlando. We're you think see it's going to be? Yeah, because you're, yeah. you're predicting another team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The worrisome part is that he's maybe playing a little bit more than his role right now. He got 20 shots the other night. That's a lot of shots. Is that what's going to happen? I mean, is he going to get used to that? It, but. All of the talk, all of the media talk that he's playing his role, he's doing, he's being good, mellow. Sure, there's there's that, but he's not a good, mellow, and his role is not twenty shots a game. That's that's excess, right? Like, but you know, it worked for one night. He looks springy in, yeah. in everybody's mind because he had a dunk, and um, you know, good for him. Uh, right. Look, we said it. He's brought like that emotional boost to the team. There is a some joy right now because Melo's around and everybody's feeling good, and they got a win finally. Against the Bulls, we'll see how long it lasts. Is the, is the real? I think push. they play the Bulls again, like in two days. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you so, so, yeah. go for forty. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. They're six and twelve. It's going to be hard for them to make the the playoffs. I think with 
A good West. All right, we still have Tassa's top 10. We got Tweet of the Night, but JD, let's talk shoes. Guys, I need to update my look. Most of the time, I just wear my black Converse high-top Chuck Taylors because, let's be honest, I'm a man-boy stuck in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) So you know what I did? Last night, I jumped onto StockX.com, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, watches, and handbags. The selection was incredible. I had my eye on a pair of Nike Blazer Mid-77 Vintage White Sneakers. They're pretty sexy. But I also considered some LeBron 8s Preheat South Beach. They're retro filament green with pink flash. Perfect for a (laughs) 49-year-old hipster doofus like me. (laughs) I know you guys are worried I'm going to get scammed and end up with a bunch of cheap knockoffs. I appreciate your concern, but StockX handles the exchange of every transaction so you never have to worry about legit buyers or sellers. StockX has me covered. By the way, I ended up going with the black Converse high tops. Like Tony Parker, I'm very loyal to my brand. Check out StockX.com slash b-ball for a surprise offer that won't be around long. That's StockX.com slash b-ball. Check it out today. Time for Tass's Thanksgiving-themed Top 10. Thanksgiving is a time we give thanks for many things, including our friends that do so much for us. For instance, J.E. Skeets was thankful for those who helped him while he was in Toronto for four-plus weeks to start the season. That's why I'm going to count down the top ten friends of Skeets that he has mentioned (laughs) since the 2019-20 season got underway. Skeets has been known to shout out chums throughout the years on this show, but this top ten of Hollas are all since No Dunks got going on October 14th. So, Skeets, as I go through your pals here, yep. free, feel free to tell us why you're grateful for them, or you can expand <laughs> or expand on why you brought them up in the first place this okay. season. Up okay. to you. At number 10, my buddy Steesh. Oh, yes, my buddy Steesh. Uh, saw him, obviously, in Toronto. Doesn't come up that often here on the show. Uh, interesting man. You guys know, you're going to know sure, all of sure, these sure. guys, and no doubt. Uh, fascinating guy. Helped We're not going to know help, all of them. Helped, We're not going to go all Helped them. him with his uh, fantasy team, I believe, is maybe when he first came up here That's in No so Dunks. Nice. On Friday night, Steej comes over. You guys know Steej. He's all suddenly like all pumped up because he's like, oh, my fantasy draft is tonight. So You know he scheduled it for when he was going to be with Yeah, maybe it worked out. Maybe it worked out. <laughs> Absolutely. And I wish it was I could... a Friday night, as we heard. A Friday night. He wanted to draft an auction or something. Yeah, we did an auction fantasy draft, and but it was weird because he came over to Ken's. I'm sure Ken's on the list, but he came over to Ken's to do like a wine tasting. He's really into wine right now, so that was happening. But in in, in addition to doing this auction fantasy draft, and I don't even know how the team's doing because he, he gave Ken and I his password to his Yahoo account. But now I've noticed he changed the password, so so Ken and I can't get in there to look at the team. So there you go. At number nine. My buddy Roy. Our friend Roy, his prediction he showed me the other night was to have the Wizards in the playoffs. It's a telltale sign that you're in Toronto right now. <laughs> Roy, we're going deep. You don't, <laughs> don't usually get a Roy shout out. <laughs> well, is he my buddy, first off? Uh, that's a oh. bit of a str- I'm kidding. I love Roy. Roy, I watched... Uh, we should have put him at 10. No, I watched Bulls raps with him when I was in Toronto um, at the Dog and Bear. Uh, you know, he, he and I think I brought up his... Uh, his Top eight teams, I think uh, maybe on both conferences, but he does it every year. Um, he decides who are going to be the top eight teams. A lot yeah. of people do that, and so yeah. uh, he had the Wizards in the Eastern Conference. I remember. That's why he's not your friend. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, the Wizards can't get, get out of here. That's a stretch. He must have known their offense was going to be just lights out. I guess so. At number eight, my barber, Jason. My barber, Jason. He bounced to California during the fall. I was devastated. <laughs> devastated. You hate to lose a good barber. Oh, my barber Jason. Yes. Uh, he made an ad read recently when I told you to be like a barber and be a Jason. Because he's still a fan of the show. He's going to love this shout out, Tass. He's going to love it. Um, he is no longer in Atlanta, unfortunately. Uh, he's in He's in L.A. I think he's still cutting Matty O's hair. Wow. I mean, because he was Matty O's barber as well. So right? he stole him, really, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Well, Matt won the face off. Yeah, you. well, Matt went to L.A. just because of his barber. That's how loyal Matt <laughs> is to his barber. Shout out to Jason. At number seven, my buddy, Rob Armstrong. Oh! <laughs> 
Rob Armstrong came up because that's the uh, that is how the story of Temper Boy started. It was <laughs> once I was playing NBA Jam with our friend Rob Armstrong. Rob, who was just watching behind us on the couch, was like. Tampa boy. <laughs> Rob Armstrong definitely does not listen to this podcast, uh, and I, I, you know, he how, how do you know that? We'll uh, I'm clip, pretty confident. He's a he's um he's not a big sports guy to be honest. He's a huge music guy. Highly, highly doubt he's listening to this. But what, uh, his band is the Temper Boys. No, no, no. <laughs> he had a oh, I can't remember the name of his band Andrew in high Metal. school. Yeah, he was a he was a great guitar player. All right, at number six, got a classic. My buddy Jared. I mean, I was down there with Lee and a couple mm. other friends. It was uh, it was an entertaining game. I went up to get the first little round because yeah. I was there with you and uh, Jared. Uh, my buddy Jared. Shout out to Jared Dent, a former uh, colleague of ours at Turner Sports. He's still there. I'm not. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I can't remember why the Dent came up. Yeah, probably Hawks game. Yeah, we were at the game Yeah, down at the Hawks yeah. game with That's Lee. That's right. Lee. Uh, Champagne. Poor, poor, uh, poor Dent had to talk to Lee all night because <laughs> it was the setup. I was talking to Dougie. Uh, Lee was talking to Dent. Well, He's pounding his champagne. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Fatherhood, I Fatherhood, yeah, yeah. He's got a new uh, new baby girl, Perry. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Perry. Um, <laughs> Top 10 at babies. number five, yeah. my buddy Perry. No, yeah. um, at number five, it's my buddy Ken. <laughs> yeah, my buddy Ken. Classic. Ken's classic. classic. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I've ever even told this story about Ken. Ken <laughs> nice. Ken is where I was staying, obviously, in Toronto. Uh, did me a huge favor, Ken and Marge. That was, that was huge. JD had the Airbnb. I was living at Ken's. Um, <laughs> It was great. I started watching Frasier. I'm staying with my buddy Ken, Ken and Marge, and they have uh, they're deep into watching Frasier. Uh, yeah, that was wild. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he does a thing, Ken, where he like will pick an old series and like just commit to it and watch the whole thing. Like Why he not? has he has Everybody Loves Raymond on DVD. Very cool. But you uh, want to make sure you have those in your possession because if they go off streaming, you're not going to have your Raymond. Yeah, but everybody loves the Irishman. Everybody loves Raymond. (laughs) I'm willing to watch Everybody Loves Raymond after watching the Irishman. Yeah, um, but I will say what I was going to say about Ken is he with with fantasy basketball. I've known Ken for so long that when I first started fantasy basketball, and I'm so old that we were doing it pre-internet. So Ken would get the Toronto Star. On the weekend, which had like a full page of every team's like stats, every player's stats. And Ken would, <laughs> you know, go through and add them all up. So then we could like, he was basically the algorithm. I mean, he was the computer. Um, <laughs> he is the algorithm. So like we'd come to work to school on Monday and he would have like, he'd print it out on like the tiny, like, like a seven point font. And we would see whose teams was winning and then we'd start trading. Yeah, it was insane the work he put into that. So shout out to Ken. At number four, Marge. <laughs> oh, Marge made it. Yeah. Yeah, Marge uh, married with Ken, married to Ken. Uh, <laughs> she works too hard right now. She works mm. too hard. She would be, when I was there, I couldn't believe it. They'd leave at like 8 in the morning. She'd come home at like 10 at night. Uh, she, she's a lawyer. Very, very intelligent woman. Uh, loves cheese. Loves macaroni and cheese. Now, I, I, she I just didn't, works too hard. I, I didn't include my buddy at the top of Marge because I am guilty of, of not calling ladies my buddy. Yeah. Well. I mean, I assign it to men. And I don't assign it to women. Mm-hmm. How do you um, how do you feel about in sideline interviews when a player to a female reporter says, "Listen, man, hey, man, you know, man, I how do you feel about that?" It's tough. I don't love it. <laughs> it's tough. Uh, you know, that's why I actually feel good about saying y'all more than you guys. Mm. It's very inclusive. Yeah. And number three, <laughs> my buddy, Graydon Gordian. Ah, Gordo. Great and Gordian. Yeah. He comes up a lot when we talk about the Spurs. He's a big oh, yeah. Spurs fan. Yeah, I couldn't find, this is the only one I couldn't find the actual clip of you saying the person's name. Jared was uh, sort of in the same boat, but Great and Gordian, Trey brought him up uh, because it was a, a recommendation about the F1 series. You right, guys watched. that's right. The F1 rabbit hole mm, right now. Yeah. A Graydon Gordian recommendation turned into a J.E. Skeets recommendation. I actually, I Googled in our old Google Docs because I was just going to take the clip from our, our old episodes for a Graydon Gordian because he's been mentioned oh. a billion times. Yeah, a billion of times. He is the avatar for Internet Spurs fans on this show, yeah. for sure. I mean, he start, I mean, he started 48 Minutes of Hell, right? One of the first guys mm-hmm. to write that blog. I'll just read you a tweet of his, though, from 18th of November this year. The thing is about the San Antonio Spurs... I'm really not that big of a fan. Never have been, honestly. Sure, I've checked in on how they are doing from time to time, but I do care. But do I care? I wouldn't say that. Yeah, that's classic sarcasm. Mm, I do you know? Yeah, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just trying to roll with the punches gotcha, here, gotcha, man. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it's been a rough year from. Uh, and he loves he loves the vroom vrooms. He loves the cars. Oh, loves the vroom vrooms. At number two, 
It's my buddy Paul, a.k.a. Dub yeah, Classic, yeah, yeah, another yeah, classic. Yeah. Good morning, Paul speaking. Oh, good morning, Paul. This is your friend, Skeets. Yes, how are you? Dub, I've known Dub since I was in grade three. <laughs> Tell a lot of stories about Dub, oh, we bet. as, as Lee, Lee just said there. Uh, we, yeah, Dub comes up a ton on this show. Uh, not as much as I assume number one, but uh, yeah. he's, he's a close second. At number one, it's like a, a Letterman top ten. It's just sort of a, a giveaway here. Yeah. It's, it's not exciting. It's my buddy Grish. Hello. How's everybody doing? This is David Grisham. I'm moving to Markel Foltz's island. Come and visit when you like. We're ready to rock it. it. My buddy Grish has become such a character on the show. There's people tweeting like, hey, when's he going to get his own podcast episode mm. and stuff like that? Ooh. Oh, yeah, the buddy episode. There you go. We cannot bring <laughs> yeah. him in here. We would get a noise complaint for sure <laughs> oh, if yeah. Grisham was in this studio. You'll probably get a noise complaint even if he is recorded <laughs> somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> my buddy Grish, big part of probably why I got super, super into basketball because he was was the American, the American kid that came up to Canada like when I was in grade, you know, seven, and he's like got all the cool hats and he's got all the basketball gear. <laughs> and he's got a basketball net that you could lower and dunk That's on. That's big time. And uh, you know, I've told the story before. You know that we would like lower the rim, obviously, like every kid did, and like record each other doing dunks, and we did that for hours, days. So shout out to my buddy. Greg. Guess you must have never shot around with it. All the way up because the guy can't score when oh, it no, comes to horrible. playing basketball oh, these no, days. No, his, uh, his uh, I believe, four year old uh, son, he's got twins, his four year old Andreas, uh, my godson, already better than Dave. Already <laughs> Not better. a surprise. Unbelievable <laughs> shot. Kid's an athlete. I don't know. He didn't get it from his dad, I'll tell you that. Got it from his, uh, his godfather. Mm. There it is. Skeet's top 10 mentions of his friends <laughs> already in this young I season. I love it. Oh, I'm love- disappointed we didn't get one in there. Who's that? Stinky Pete. Uh, Stinky Pete. Stinky Pete wasn't my friend. I went to school with him. But... My my non buddy Stinky Pete. <laughs> Who? Yeah, the real question: Who's going to be next? Who's going to be next? Um, oh, that was fun for yeah. me. <laughs> Your friends really like basketball. It seems like. Oh. Diehard fans, yeah. No, no, Brody didn't make the mix. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't heard you talk about his sausage sandwiches yeah, this year. Yeah, it's good um, I mean, Matty O could have made the list, but uh, it's a little cheating. too yeah, too Yeah. Great stuff. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet ah. An honorable mention, I'm not going to go with it, but an honorable mention to Nick Young and Lou Williams last night discussing Christmas blow-up dolls and dildos. (laughs) All right? Lou Williams suggesting to Nick Young that he should make a mold of his own penis, turn it into a dildo, give that as a gift. Amazing. It's incredible. And on the internet. Yeah. It's incredible. (laughs) He doesn't care. It's awesome. It is awesome. But I, I wanted to give tweet of the night, tweets of the night, to uh, to three Canadian NBA players who were tweeting last night, last night making some news. Jamal Murray tweeting, playing for my country is always an honor, and I want to take the step in leadership role to commit to Canada basketball this summer. I want to play my part to help push our team into the Olympics and compete at the highest world stage. Let's go, Canada. Shea Gilgis Alexander, not long after, I've known and made a promise to myself that representing my country is something I will continue to do, and as my bro Jamal Murray publicly announced his commitment, I too will be there to do my best to help Can B-Ball get to Tokyo. And then his cousin, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, excited to announce that I'll be playing for Can B-Ball this summer. Blessed to be able to represent my country and compete against the best in the world. It's been a dream of mine since I was a kid growing up in Toronto. Hashtag we are Team Canada. I saw Dylan Brooks retweeted. Shake Gilgis Alexander, another Canadian. This is huge news, honestly, for Canadian basketball. Canada, after a horrible showing at the World Cup, where only two NBA players showed up, shout out to Corey Joseph and Ken Birch, but a disappointing performance. They need to win this little mini tournament. It's their final chance to get to the 2020 Olympics. They're actually going to get a chance to host it in Canada. And we just found out, you know, this morning who they'll be playing. Tass, whew, tough decisions for you. Canada's going to host Greece, the Czech Republic, Turkey, China, and Uruguay. Yeah. In a, in a I little, love that Uruguayan team. In a little mini <laughs> tournament uh, in June. you got to win that whole thing to get to the Tokyo Olympics. But this is uh, honestly big news that three Canadians already committing. I, I think there's going to be more um, because this is what happens, right? This you, you get this participation. It snowballs a little bit because it's like, oh, wow, we, 
we, we should have a good team. We could maybe do this, and we could go to the Olympics. So this is, uh, this is awesome. Shout out to those uh, three in particular right now for uh, committing to, to hopefully playing this summer. It's awesome when your country goes for it in a tournament like this in basketball. I mean, it's different, obviously, for, for a trade there with America because they're always good. But no, but for well, us, the snowball works the other way, too. When guys say they're not coming, exactly. they're all not coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, just for Australia in, in 2016 in Rio and the World Cup this year, they were very, very close. And that feeling of your country maybe being able to medal oh. is awesome. Yeah. I mean, so look, they, 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 that's not an easy tournament there. Greece, no, Greece is a top 10 team. You know, Czech Republic is solid. Turkey's a good team. Yeah, Giannis so, might not play because it almost bumps up right in t- against the NBA Finals if they're there. But if they're not, then eh, maybe he comes. I, I, I even think if they were in the finals, they. I just have a feeling that guy plays for his country, and I think he'll still be there regardless. But you're right. Yeah. Um, maybe the maybe the, maybe the Rick Pitino has a draw. He's the coach of the Greek team. He can reel them in. But uh, but who is next here? Honestly, for for the Canadian players, like will Wiggins get back into this? Uh, you know, into this system. R.J. Barrett, you would assume, is going to play with Rowan Barrett being the GM, uh, his father being the GM of the actual team. Tristan Thompson, Dwight Powell, Kelly Olynyk. I mean, Trey Lyles, Brandon, yeah, Brandon Clark. Tournament. I mean, look, it, they got a lot of guys. I want to go watch this now. Um, I'm, I'm pumped about this. But huge. Canada has not qualified for the Summer Olympics for the, since 2000. Yeah. I mean, we're talking back in the Nash days, uh, a long, long time ago. So good on you. And I will say, just to add this little tweet too, good point from TSN's Kayla Gray. While we're applauding the men, one time for the women who always show up. 20-plus hour flights, playing up to a full calendar year. Loyalty has been in Canada basketball's makeup, and frankly, it doesn't get talked about enough. Great point. Um, you know, in, in me retweeting all these guys, yeah, let's go Team Canada, let's go Team Canada. Great point that the women, Canada's great basketball women's team, has been doing this uh, for a long time. And there's a reason why they're one of the best teams in the league. They show up and they play. Good news all around for mm-hmm. Canada basketball, though. Let's get to the pick'em results from Tuesday night, presented by Cash App. This segment brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends, like paying up when you lose a bet that Kesha is still relevant. She is. She's not. She is. She is not. She is. But Cash App <laughs> does way more than that. Cash App is also a great way to try and grow your money with their new investing feature. Unlike investing tools that force you to buy entire shares of stock, Cash App lets you instantly invest as little or as much as you want. This way, you can still own a piece of any stock with just $1. Let's get in on this CBD craze. Everybody's <laughs> doing it. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. We're also excited to be working with Cash App to support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you instantly receive $10, but Cash App will also donate $10 to the ACLU, an amazing organization fighting daily for the rights and liberties guaranteed to every person in the U.S. The ACLU does impressive and extremely important work for everyday Americans. Don't forget, promo code NODUNKS, one word, when you download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today. Tuesday's game, the Clippers-Mavs. Clippers were favored only by two and a half in this one. Three of us took the clips to cover, and they did. Myself, Tess, and Lee. Trey took the math, so that's a loss for you. The records for November. I'm 11-7. and seven. Trey and Lee, 10-8. and eight. Tass, he's getting a big slurpee. 7-11. <laughs> um, but Tass has already lost November. He'll be paying off November's pick'em loss somewhat soon. We asked for your ideas on yesterday's podcast. We've also asked on social media. Got some good suggestions coming in. So shout out to everybody. Given a suggestion, how Tash should pay it off. There's some horrible ideas, too. I mean, just brutal ideas from some oh, yeah. of you. But some of you are smart. Some of you got some good ones. So keep them coming. And uh, I don't know. We were talked about paying it off at Thanksgiving. But I guess we got to pay it off at some point this week. At the end of the week or into the weekend or early next week. We'll do it soon. We'll do it soon. Mm, we'll do it soon. I mean, last year, our style was to go well into the following month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I don't like that. <laughs> December 10th. I like keep it no? quick. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah especially because yeah. we're doing it on social media and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah just bang it out. Let's yeah. do it. Um, but tonight's game, I mean, let's let's uh, see this out. This will be our final game for the month of November because we got the breaks coming up here. So what's game are we going? We got some juicy games in this 14-game night, mm-hmm. Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, where everybody has it off in the NBA world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we had Pelicans hosting the Lakers, the AD Bowl. Going to stay away from that. Got another good one. Jimmy Butler and the Heat visiting the Rockets. Okay. And Houston... 
despite struggling recently. They've lost three in a row. They've favored by six and a half in this one. Hmm. Uh, is, that, is this a nationally televised game? Can you tell me that? I will check. I don't think it is. Because the Lakers, not, Pelicans, I are don't the believe so. I no, yeah, you're right. It's Brooklyn, Boston. The internet's um, slow. Let's figure yeah, this out yeah. in here. Brooklyn, Boston, and then we've got LA, uh, Pel- LA Pelicans. New Orleans. Okay. Lakers, okay, so because I, I want to know if Jimmy was on you know, national TV. Or if James was on or national James. TV. Jimmy, James, James, Jimmy. <sighs> they must be Naismith. <laughs> you said you said the Heat lost three in a row. Is that correct? That's one hundred percent correct. Man, 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 I'm gonna take the Heat to cover. No, no, no. I no, said the, the Rockets. Sorry, Rockets. yeah, I was gonna yeah, say yeah. I thought the Heat just won. Uh, who's sorry? I'm who's, taking the Heat to cover that. Okay, I'm with you. I will also take those pointers. God, I hate trying to figure out the Rockets. It just, <laughs> because it, I, I've said it before. It's like I don't know. They might hit 18, 19 threes. Who knows? I mean, um. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the the Rockets. I'm going Rockets. What you got? Yeah, I'll take the Heat. I don't. I don't. Okay. Okay. The three of you. uh, You got the Heat plus six and a half. So I've got the Rockets. They got to win by seven or more. Good luck, everybody. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. An early happy Thanksgiving to all the Americans out there. Safe travels wherever you're headed. Remember to tell your family you love them. Remember that. But also remember to keep your eye and your ear on the No Dunks podcast feed. We're going to have a brand new Beach Steppin podcast. We'll post that one early on Thursday, early on American Thanksgiving. And then on Friday, we're going to hit you with another episode of everyone's favorite new NBA trivia show, Who Wants Some Trivia? That one, we've got Amir Blumenfeld, comedian, writer, actor. Knowledgeable NBA podcast. Mm. He does. He does. I can't wait to find out how well he does against these not easy NBA trivia questions. So that's on Friday, guys. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. You got to make sure to follow us for sure because we could be posting Tass's, uh, you know, November payoff in the next couple of days. So you're going to want to keep an eye for that. Don't forget to rate and review the No Dunks podcast on Apple. Five stars only. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, if it's too cold where you are, Come a-steppin' on the beach. Embrace the turkey, people. 